just I just I just speak my peace keep my peace What's good y'all? Welcome to the Speak My Peace podcast. As always, I'm your gracious host Greg Lacey. Like we always do about this time, I hope this episode reaches you all in good health. Hope that you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones, as we know how important that is. Today, we're going to talk about love. <laughs> no, this is not an interlude to the miseducation of Lauren Hill, but no, we're really going to get into just that four-letter word. Um, I know I keep on referencing and tracking. I gave you all a forewarning in, in my defense, but... Just thinking about two standout songs on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. One being We Cry Together. I think that that was a powerful song. I think that was a song that a lot of people instantly started talking about and a song that a lot of people relate to because the majority of us have been in those situations, in those toxic environments where it's the arguing, the name calling, um, threatening to do certain things to, to get at one another or get an arousal or get an action from your significant other. Um, not to, it doesn't mean that. The two people doesn't love each other, but it just means that it's just not a, a great environment for either of the two people or a great relationship for either of the two people unless they address the underlying issues with each other, but also within themselves. Another one of those um, standout tracks on that uh, album was Purple Hearts. This was the complete opposite of the song. Now it's, you know, we're, again, I said I wasn't going to deep dive into the songs, but it was the complete opposite of the We Cry Together. But those are two standout songs on an album, and I don't think it's by any mistake because love is so many different things. Like, love is beautiful, love is difficult, love is tiring, love is teamwork, team, I mean, love is cooperation. Cooperation. Love is cooperation. Love is trying. Love is evolution. Um, love is frightening. Um, love is rewarding. Love is selflessness. Love is commitment. Love is blinding. Um, love can be tumultuous. And that's not the end of the list. Like there's so many other definitions that can encompass this four letter word that I haven't feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of in describing what it is. But that is essentially what I believe it to be. I think that it comes in many shapes or forms, meaning it can be, you know, watering of cells, which is what it should be. It can be toxic it's because people, you know, getting into it is because people are arguing. It doesn't mean they love each other. It doesn't mean they should be together, but it doesn't mean they don't love each other. Um, but this is just what love is. For me, love is, is all those things that I just listed above. But it's also frightening, especially with someone like me who deals with anxiety. I think that a lot of times what comes with love is this end goal of a wife, two kids and a, and a, and a white pick offense, um, meaning that you're building to this future or you're building to this goal of, you know, building a, a starting a family and, and, and building a home. For me, why I use the word frightening is because when you deal with anxiety, as I've expressed that I deal with. It's kind of hard to be so sure about anything. I told you all already that I second guess myself for everything that I do, and I'm constantly weighing out my options. Now, I'm saying all that, and you may be listening and playing devil's advocate and may be saying, well, if that's how you feel. Then if you ever feel like that with someone you think you love, then you don't love them, which is not true. Like I can love someone and still question how committed I am to our future, how committed I am to that person. And whether or not that person is a one for me, I think that 
that in itself is love to me. That's my definition of love. Your definition of love can be different. Again, love comes in many shapes or forms. But I also think that that's uh, another part of love is that assurance. It's I can question to the day I die. But on that last day I die, I realize that this was a person for me. That's also love. And it sounds weird and explaining it that way is probably not the best example. I'm going to be quite honest with you all. But that that is love. Just as, as, as sure as love can be is me questioning and me not knowing that assurance and understanding that, OK, this is the person like this is who I love. This is who I want to give myself to. This is who I want to build with. This is who I want to. This is who I see in my future. That is also love. And so I think that those two things can coexist and they have coexisted. But how do you get to that space? It's such a such a difficult journey. I um told you all episode 98, there was many different things that I shed um, coming into this year and to, to, to break old habits, get rid of old habits and create new habits. And one of those things was a long term relationship that I got out of. And that honestly was the best idea, the best decision I made out of all the decisions that I made last year, because that relationship was two years past due, meaning that there was a break in relationship. And I guess we tried to work it out. And I just wasn't committed to working it out. And so I never should have returned after that break. And so to finally build up that strength to get away from that relationship was probably one of the most powerful decisions I made last year. The reason why I say it's so powerful is because you spend so much time with people, you begin to get attached to them. Like, especially when you cohabitate, um, as I was in my situation. It's kind of hard to imagine a life without that cohabitation. It's kind of hard to imagine a life without that, without that thing or that person that you're attached to, especially when you spend so much time with them, like you and you experience life with them. And I began to grow out of wanting to do those things. And so my attachment was kind of like winning off, but there was still an attachment. But the fact that I was able to commit to that decision and go through with it. It was a powerful decision on my end because it's not easy. And many people are in those situations and they don't get out. And so that's why when we listen to a song like we cry together and the whole world kind of um, takes to it is because it resonates. People have been in those situations where you may have people outside factors. You may have family, you may have friends telling you that this is not good for you. But because love is so blinding, you don't really realize that you need to separate yourself from that doesn't mean that you don't love that person. doesn't mean that you're not in love with that person. It just means that that is not the best situation for you, whether that's ever or whether I mean at this moment. And that is a hard thing to digest for most people, for a lot of people. And that's why that song became so popular, because it's like we all resonated with it. We've all been in those situations where there's arguments like that. And we all have been in relationships that were toxic like that. And it's hard to break free from those things because of that detachment to that person, that detachment to that relationship because of everything that you've invested into that episode. What was it? Episode 115. I was speaking about just the guidance that young black men don't have and the guidance that young black men need in their development and becoming, you know, a young man. One of those key important factors is the relationship or relationships. I said the relationship. The one of the key and most important factor is the structure of relationships, being taught how to communicate with your significant other, being taught how to love on your significant other, being taught the importance of loving your significant other's love language, being taught 
how to de-escalate things with your, with your significant other, being taught how to grow with your significant other, being taught how to maintain your individuality while staying, still being fully committed to that relationship and your significant other. These are things that young men should be taught that aren't taught very well. And so a majority of us learn these things by trial and error. And I'm one of them. I remember being in a relationship very young, about 20 years old. I've explained that how that ended in um, episode 100. I, I guess I didn't really explain it. I'm not going to explain it now. But in episode 100, I told you all that I ended a relationship and it was very immature in the way that I ended it. And those actions and how I ended it, it um, had me longing for a closure from that relationship because I never received proper closure, which is kind of weird because I'm the person that ended a relationship. I'm the person that went about it the way that I did. And then later on down the line, I came to the realization that like I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have treated that person the way that I treated them. And because of that, I was like longing for that closure. Granted, me and this person are on good terms now, so I'm grateful for that. But for so long, I had always wanted closure, actual closure from that relationship because I just wasn't happy with how I treated someone who I was once uh, romantically involved with. And it was really just a weird dichotomy for me, especially with me moving on, especially with me um, progressing in life and especially with us just not being in contact. It was it was weird that it wasn't weird. It was it was honestly love. It was young love. It was inexperienced love. It was love that I didn't understand, but it was love in the sense of me feeling bad for how I treated someone that I once was uh, involved with. And that is the trial and error. Like. We were high school sweethearts and we. After we got out of high school, she went to college. I went to the Air Force and we lived near each other. Like my base was maybe like an hour from the school she went to. And so, you know, there was a break, a breaks in between our relationships, but eventually we ended up back together. And so what happens during that time is that this is our first time. This is these. This is our first time away from home. And so with that, we are experiencing life for the first time as young adults and we're maturing as a young adults and we're figuring out life and we're figuring out just that uniqueness of the individuality um, and, and being on our own. And it came with a lot of responsibility. Um, aside from the responsibility it came with, it also came with just the desire to seek out who we were as individuals. And I feel like the guidance that I lacked, the guidance that I never received of, of just the structure of a relationship, I never knew or found out how to communicate those things. Like I felt like in that relationship, I realized that we weren't growing apart, but we were growing. I think that who we were as teenagers wasn't who we were as adults. And we never ever had a conversation about it. And it was just, we were just going, you know, about our lives. But for me on my end, I can't speak for her and I won't speak for her. But for me on my end, like I was, I was away from home. I was in a base in the middle of nowhere. And I wouldn't say I didn't have any friends, but the only friends that I had, the majority of my friends are older than me. But the friends that I had at the time when I first got to that base, they didn't live near me. And so I wasn't actively going out on the weekends like every now and then I would go on the weekends or we would do something. But for the most part, it was, you know, hooping on base or anything like that. That was, for the most part, what my um, extracurricular activities outside of our relationship was. But the majority of the time I was there because we lived so close to each other, 
we spent majority of our time together. So when I wasn't at work um, on the weekends, I was more than likely with her. When she wasn't at school on the weekends, she was more likely with me. So we spent a lot of time to each other. Going back into that word uh, attachment, we were building this attachment. Here we are, two young adults who were in places that we had never been before. And we found something common in, in this reliance upon someone who we had knew from back home which for me was her and for her was me. Well, I'm not going to say for her, it's for me, but I can't speak for her. But for me, it was her. It was, I was far away from home, but I still had this common figure. I had this common face, someone that I have known for so long. And it just so happened to be my significant other. It was, it was easy for me to fall into that place of attachment and, and want to spend all this time with her. What happened was so much time had progressed and I started to make friends that lived near me. I started to make friends that I was going out with on weekends and I was spending more time with. And while I was enjoying that process, I was still in this relationship, committed to a relationship, but I never figured out how to communicate that, hey, you know, I enjoy the time we spent together, but I also want to spend time with my friends, not prioritizing my friends over my relationship or my significant other, but just me understanding that I'm an individual and I should seek out these things. Now, some people, you know, they are in relationships and they're wholeheartedly into relationships. They don't want to spend time with friends. They don't want to spend time with family. They just want to be about the significant other. I think I don't think that that's the correct way to go about it. But some people do it and they're successful. Some people do and they end up married. I did the opposite and I'm single. So <laughs> who's to say that they were wrong? But um, I think as a young adult and I started to experience this thing because now I'm getting older and I'm maturing and now I'm, I'm going out to clubs with friends and different things like that. And for the first time, really being introduced to this adult nightlife, I kind of desire it that more um, because it was an introduction to me. I never knew of this experience and I never really sought out this experience, but because I had friends who were introducing me to this, I was taken, I was taken to it. And so in this time that I had wanted to do these things more, I couldn't really express and now that I couldn't, I didn't know how to express that. Again, it wasn't a me growing apart from my girlfriend. It wasn't me not desiring my girlfriend. It wasn't me not wanting my girlfriend. It was just like, hey, I want to do this, but I also want to do this as well. And I don't know how to merge the two together. I don't know how to tell you that, hey, this weekend, I don't want to hang out because I want to hang out with my friends, but I'll see you next weekend. Or I hang out with my friends on Saturday and I see you on Sunday. I didn't know how to communicate that. And so what I did was started actively destructing the relationship, freeing myself from the relationship doing things that would cause fights. So now I don't have to worry about whether or not who I want to spend my weekend with, because now I'm causing this fight and I don't have to speak to her this weekend because that was a toxic behavior of mine. That relationship, me being so young is that, and even as I got older, that's kind of been a toxic behavior of mine as well. Um, be quite honest with y'all, but that that's a toxic behavior of mine. I, I've corrected it now. Um, I, I don't do it anymore, but for the most part, I have a fallout or I have a disagreement with someone and we don't see the eye to eye is not no agree to disagree for me has always been okay you don't understand that standpoint that i'm coming from the standpoint that you're coming from is entirely wrong now we don't have to speak for for a long period of time and that has been my way to go about things for so long and it was toxic it was toxic to reinvent not to reinvent to constantly go through these cycles of being good for so long and then get into an argument and then not speaking rather than you know addressing the issue at hand and and de-escalating whatever it was that is causing these high tense situation between us um rather than you know 
getting away from these toxic environments. Instead of doing that, I just remove myself completely. And so through actions like that, I began to deteriorate our relationship actively. I was still in a relationship, but I would strategically knowing that, okay, we're in an argument. I don't have to speak to you this weekend. I'm going to go about and do what I want to do. And so that is probably what led to the demise of that relationship is that I just didn't know how to communicate. Was very young. Thought that every disagreement we had was a fight when I should look at as an opportunity for us to build. And I didn't know how to do that. And so when it came time to end a relationship, it was abrupt. It was like something happened, an event happened. And told I told her it was over and just never spoke to her again for seven years. And, and that was that. And for that reason, it had constantly sat in the back of my mind that, you know, I did this person wrong. And it led to me to wanting to fix that, led to me wanting to apologize. Well, the main thing that led to me to just want to be accountable, being accountable for my actions and honestly, my role in deteriorating that relationship. I think we both had a role. In, in that, again, I can't speak for her. I can only speak for myself, but I know the role that I play and I never really owned up into the role that I play because I knew what I was actively doing, even though I couldn't admit it back then because I wasn't exactly sure what I was doing. I was just doing something that was very toxic and I was going on about my business and not really knowing how to affect the other people. But that is what I was doing. And so experiences like that is what I mean by trial and error is that when, when you don't have guidance. You don't have someone to, to teach you how to de-escalate these things. You don't have someone to teach you how to to grow with the individual. Well, you don't have someone to teach you that, you know, you could be committed to a relationship and still have, you know, your time to yourself outside of a relationship as far as like being individuals and hanging out with friends and hanging out with families. I think that because I didn't know that, I thought that the best thing to do was to remove myself from it. And because I was so scared to actually detach myself from something that I had been attached to for so long, I was figuring out, trying to find out ways to get out of it. And so when opportunity presented, presented itself, I said, OK, this is my opportunity. I can't waste my time because I've been waiting for it for so long. And so I did that and did I did that. And ever since then, I regretted that decision. Not that not meaning I didn't want to be in that relationship, not meaning that relationship didn't have to come to an end. But I think that that relationship could have ended better than it did it um just out of respect of the time that we committed to each other and also the feelings that we have for each other and, and just understanding that it's okay that you know the goal that we once planned for is not something that's attainable now and expressing that that honestly has been what's one of my biggest wake-up calls um in my young experience with love but i haven't given up on it i think that i've spoken about it extensively in this podcast about my desires to to be um, a father. In order for me to be a father, I had to become more aware of those toxic behaviors that I've created. In order to become a father, I had to become a better communicator and orator, meaning that when things, when I feel a certain way about things, despite how many people may feel, I still have to express these things to give someone the benefit of the doubt um, to allow them to decide you know, what they wanted to do. And what I mean by orator is that Understanding that because things are high tense, because someone may be yelling at you, doesn't mean that you should return it. You should look for ways to de-escalate those type of things. And I had to learn those things through trial and error. I'm at a point in my life now to where I feel like I, I got a better hold on it in those situations. But it took a lot to get here. The reason why I bring up you know, my desire to be a father is because the last thing I ever wanted to do was bring a child into an environment to where these toxic patterns 
are still available. And I had to remove those things. And so I spoke about my last relationship and getting out of my last relationship. There was many red flags in that last relationship that I ignored early on that I never should have. And I think the biggest one was recreating toxic environments. Like I grew up and have witnessed toxic environments plenty of times and knew that I never want to put a kid in a position I had ever been. And I felt like the person that I was dealing with had no desires of, of ridding those patterns. I felt like this had become a reoccurring theme um, of, of the arguments, of the physicality between the two. And I can't, again, I can't speak for someone else. And this is not the same relationship as I was just speaking about. This is another relationship, the most recent relationship. Um, but I felt like I couldn't differentiate whether or not we were both working towards eliminating those toxic patterns or if it was just me. But it seemed like these things constantly started reoccurring. And I was thinking about like we spent so much time together and we're working towards building this future and we're working towards and in, in introducing kids into this environment. Yet you are still perpetrating the cycle of this toxic environment and these toxic behaviors. And I no longer could attach myself to that. This is not something that I want to do. I don't want to stick around and find out whether or not this thing get fixed because I think the possibility of that is very slim. And so when I say that that was the best decision I made and getting out of that last year, that is partially the reason. There's other reasons as well, but that is partially the reason. And probably the biggest reason is that I'm at a point in my life to where I'm going to have kids any day, any day now. And that is not the environment that I want to introduce a kid into. I haven't given up on love, but I think that because of my trials, because of my errors, I've learned to become a better person. And that is what I'm most excited about. Whenever the opportunity presents itself to love someone else again, whenever the opportunity presents itself to grow with someone else again, I am excited about the person that I can be so that I can shoot for those aspirations to be a father or to be a husband, um, to raise a a healthy family, um, to communicate, to actively break certain cycles that I don't like. Like this is something that I'm excited for. I told you all before that I'm very goal orientated. And so to actively tackle those things is something that excites me more than it probably would excite others because I want to see these things broken down. I want to provide, I want to create new habits. I want to create healthy cycles. Um, I want to create healthy traits for my children and their children, give them, set them an example of, of, of an example for them to follow. Um, generations down the line. That is what I'm most excited about. And that's all I have for you all this week, man. Love is love is a funny thing, y'all. Love is not logical. What I mean by it not being logical is I think we do a lot of things out of love that is really inexplainable. And that is love. Is love makes people do crazy things. And if we've seen these things play out, whether it's in our personal lives, whether we've seen it in media, wherever the case may be, it doesn't mean that one person doesn't love another person. It just means that they aren't so in love with their person that is driving them to do these certain things. It doesn't mean that they have to be together, but it doesn't eliminate the fact that they love each other. And I feel like that's a common theme with love is just it not being logical and people operating the way they're operating out of love because of how blinding it is. As we get out of here, my what to watch for this week, we're going to go with Black Love on On. Once again, my what to watch for this week is Black Love on On. 
That's the Speak My Peace podcast for this week. I'm out.